3: Uh, Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got it all band. Y'all seen the block, stop one hand. Impact Pat, we trust, it's have the guts. we here to bring the heat, y'all can
2: hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Welcome to Five on the Floor live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. You can also catch us on all the podcast feeds. We go there after we go to the YouTube channel here on these game nights. Miami Heat win 111-108. to 108. They're now 3-0 on their road trip. We will get into the specifics of it here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and the sponsor of every single post game show. It's A-Aggressive Insurance. You can find them at insurancebylinette.com. That's insurancebylinette.com. Of course, Lynette, one of the commenters here regularly on the YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate her supporting us. 954 581 8,800-954-581-8800. You need life insurance, renter's insurance, any kind of insurance, especially car insurance. If you have a bad driving record, she's the person to go to. Nobody will be refused. 954-581-8800. Again, that's Lynette.com. All right, let's get to it here. The floor plan, I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. The Heat Survive. Another of these games where they have the big halftime lead and it dwindles, I said at halftime on our off-the-floor feed. Don't let this thing get from 14 down to four in five minutes. It got down from 14 down to four in eight minutes. Uh, and then actually it got down to one, and then Miami had to survive this game at the end. But the big story, and, and this is what we will focus on mostly tonight, Tyler Hero follows up, was it, 35 with 41. Uh, 76 points over two games for the Heat's Two guard Jimmy Butler in a supporting effort had 20. Jimmy was selling a little bit in the last five minutes of that game. He killed my prize picks. He also killed the Heat minus three, uh, minus four, because he decided not to put up a layup at the buzzer. That was probably noticed in Las Vegas. But the Heat do get the win, even though they close the game with Orlando Robinson and Haywood Highsmith playing in the front court because Caleb Martin turned an ankle. Udonis has them started because Bam Adebayo and Dwayne Deadman both did not play. Also, no Lowry, no Oladipo. So the Heat were shorthanded against a team that's actually, and I'll go to you uh, first on this, uh, Brady, just because, you know, the team that we're playing, we talk about some of these rebuilding teams, right? Oklahoma City, almost lost to them, right? Uh, Detroit, lost to them, okay? Uh, you know, these teams that you're not supposed to lose to. But Houston actually has won five in a row at home. Like, the, the, their young talent has been playing pretty well, I thought Miami did a pretty good job responding uh, tonight to their athleticism, to keeping them off the, the, the offensive glass. And then of course, hero was hero. And this is, I mean, look, this is the best he's played as a pro. I mean, that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Usually
0: this Rockets team is like the exact team of built of players that go off on the heat. Like they're built to do that because they're kind of those uh, inefficient guards that can get hot really easy. And they, uh, Quick-bursting, athletic-type guys that can just get by that point-of-attack defense that we keep talking about. Uh, and they held Jalen Green 8-of-21 shooting. Like That's the typical Jalen Green-type night, so you did a, go- a good job there. Kevin Porter's 10-of-16. Uh, so they did a good enough job, it felt like, but these definitely are the teams that that can happen against. But the thing is that I kept saying, and looking at the roster tonight, you're looking at, first of all, starting lineup of Tyler, Max, and Hazen. Uh, like you're you're not betting on your defense tonight. You're not betting to shut down these guys in the backcourt. You're not betting to shut down the Rockets. You had to match them by any means. Just you had to try to find a way to match offense. And that's exactly what Tyler Hero did. Like he went above and beyond matching them. So I just thought, uh, I know we're going to get into it a bunch here, but obviously Hero's the big story here. Uh, 13 of 20, 10 of 15 from three. You mentioned that the points over the last two games 19 threes in 24 hours is crazy to me like that is not a normal thing to just hear uh but it's just a player like there's things where players go and just get hot and they get into a bit of a rhythm and that's kind of what it looks like with Tyler but this to me feels like kind of turning a corner like it feels like this is a a scenario where a guy kind of figures it, it out a little bit he had a little bit of a slower start to the season even though he was still averaging over 20 when I say slower start I'm saying efficiency from three and things of that nature uh, we know the mid-range pull-up is always going to be there. Like He goes to these last two games, basically to the three all game. And both games, he hit one mid-range jumper, and they were on the last shot of the game. Like His last attempt in both games were mid-range pull-ups. That will always be there. But the idea that he's still now getting going from three, and he got to the line, I think he went five and five from, from the line in the first quarter alone. When he's doing those two things at the at the first level and the third level, we know the second level is going to be there. So I think this is pretty crucial, I
1: guess, for his development. I usually go to Greg first, but I I want to go to you after this uh, because I, I want to go to Alex next to follow on the hero transformation here, because I think Brady is on to something important because when I was looking at the numbers uh, on him, there's, there's a clear difference in the way that he's playing. Um, he is way down in terms. This was even coming into tonight. Okay. So I'm sure this is even more pronounced now. And by the way, my stat about him only scoring well in losses has tilted a little bit because he's had these two huge games now in wins in the last two. So I'll be curious to see how it actually adds up after this. But if you look at his shots, his shot profile from 16 to 23 feet, which is the least efficient shot in basketball, right? Like that is you're taking it a long two. We know he takes a lot of contested long twos. He is way down now. In those, okay, he, he, the percentage of shots he's taking from that space has decreased from last season, and it's decreased over the course of this season, and his numbers of threes are way up, and what I'm what I'm wondering on this is, do you think this is intentional on his part? Because we see the way Struess and Robinson are struggling, right? They don't really have a specialist they can count on from three right now, and in a game where Lowry doesn't play, they don't have him either. It, it it seems like this is intentional in terms of what will help the Heat, but it's also what will make Tyler Hero a better player, right? So that's why I do feel like this is not just okay. He shot the ball well for two games. This feels like a shift.
2: Oh, sorry, I was muted there. Okay, no, the Tyler thing that you're talking about is huge, and I mentioned it on our off the floor feed uh, at a ha- a halftime that you know just this trend of him. Um, I think playing off of the threat of his shooting more is just huge. And we talked about um, anticipating that this season, especially with him coming in as a starter this time and having to play around the other best players. And he's doing it with or without those guys. Like I just think he is playing off of that first, kind of playing a little bit more outside in. And I would still kind of describe what he was playing, his play style before this trend as outside in. But the difference is now like Brady was kind of alluding to there is He's not necessarily looking to get into his spot, you know, specifically in the mid range as much as he has before. Uh, not everything has to be him on the ball as a pick and roll playmaker, which he's good at. He's obviously really good at that with Bam. And yes, you want to get those looks. You want to create offense off of that. But it's he's way more valuable, especially to this roster that really needs the shooting when Duncan and Max are not really giving it to you. And, you know, they're still out there, you know, taking shots when they are on the court, which is what you want them doing, like, that happens with three-point shooting. But the thing with Tyler is, and we talked about this aspect coming into this season, when we thought that they would be leaning more offense and that they were going to be a more potent offensive team, that's obviously not been the case whatsoever. But two huge developments this season. We're not going to talk about one right now, but the whole, like, bam aggression thing and the way that his mentality and, and, mentality and mindset have uh, shifted towards being more aggressive, getting, I mean, just looking for his own shot, that, that's almost as big as Tyler, I think, realizing how good of a shooter he is and that not everything has to be so hard. Like, I think he takes a lot of pride in being that guy who's like a three-level scorer who can get to, you know, all the different types of shots. But, you know, like, if you can really play off of others and get teams worried about your shooting, you're going to get shots, I mean, easier shots for everybody else. And we know that he could turn it up. And all of a sudden, it's easier to get to a 40-point game if you're taking more threes.
1: I, I think yeah. that's the key point you made there. Not everything and- needs to be so hard, right, Greg? Like, that's that's the thing, because his his shot profile has always been overly challenging. You're right. right? It's, it's, it's always, okay, he can make – he shouldn't be taking that shot, but he can make that shot.
2: Quick thing, I forgot to mention, because I was looking up those stats, by the way, and it backs up everything we're talking about here. Um, so he's taking uh, about one, three – more per 75 minutes and about two and a half fewer mid-range shots per 75 minutes. So that shift is happening. And, and like, it's only happened I think over the past few games. So I think like once the season plays out, you're going to see more of a sample of him playing like this. I think those numbers are going to shift even more.
3: Many of our viewers and listeners have came after Ethan and I saying that um when we talk about Tyler, shifting his focus to playing with the bench unit that that is in any way us criticizing him and I really want to clarify that it is not that um when Tyler can space the floor the way he did tonight 10 of 15 hitting 19 threes in 48 hours that's obviously a pronounced uh moment like that's not going to take place game over game but if he can shoot at that clip then there is no issue here. So I think like it kind of comes back to what we're talking about. Like when you have an elite shooter amongst any Jim or Jimmy or BAM led lineup, you're likely going to find enough um, release valves to get offensive, uh, you know, easy buckets and things like that. So I think Tyler tonight did a lot of what we, talk about Max or Duncan doing when you play with the starters. Uh, so it's just nice to see him get that efficiency up from three.
1: Well, that's why I wonder if this is intentional. I mean, and not just because it brings the most out of him, Brady, but but because it's what's necessary for the whole starting lineup to work ultimately, even with the staggering, because you you don't have uh, a in there shooting at a high level like he did last year you you don't have a duncan robinson who so much of the offense was based on his gravity when he was a starter. So really like the fact that tyler can do other things we've kind of held it against him because he's not a traditional spacer because they're not going to run him off all kinds of staggered screens and everything else and not going to do the dribble handoffs with him and not going to create I mean, that kind of gravity that. gravity that he essentially brings the defense to the other players at times because of the way that he 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 attacks in the mid-range. But if he's going to be spacing from three and a comfortable and it's comfortable for him, it changes the starting lineup. Even if the starting lineup wasn't together tonight, you can kind of we always talk about when having a guy's out, how is this going to look when everybody gets back together? Right. But actually, this development helps them when they get back together. That's the Not difference. True. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and look, he staggered Jimmy and him a little bit tonight. And each of them kind of did their thing in different ways. I thought Jimmy was efficient. He was solid tonight until he kind of sold in the second half of the fourth quarter, missing a couple of free throws, missed some shots. Uh, wasn't really at peak efficiency. But I, I do feel like now – I feel a little better about the starting group now if Tyler's – not, he's not going to do this every night. But if he's going to play in this way. Yeah, I don't think it's just the spacing aspect that makes me comfortable.
0: I said on Twitter that I think these last two games have been probably the best I've seen him in terms of off ball moving, like in his career. Like, I think he's moved, uh, been moving really well, which is funny because he's doing it with the guys you wouldn't expect him to. Like, usually you think in a game like this, he's going to be on the ball the entire night. And that basically, he, he's, they're not specifically running the stuff they run for a guy like Duncan or Max and running him off those type of screens, but he's just moving the defense in a way where they're reacting to him. Uh, in the last game in OKC, they were like I was saying, you know, last night they were blitzing him, uh, sending two at him, and he reacted and basically said, next Depot, he's going to move off ball, he's going to shift more. And ever since then, we've seen that. But it's funny because you mentioned about him fitting in with these guys. We know what he looks like next to Bam. It's an elite two man combo that they figured out, and it's kind of their go to. Jimmy and Ma- you mentioned them staggering, uh, but Jimmy and Tyler looked pretty great together tonight. Like they were playing a little bit two man game early in this game. They looked like they were intentional with that. The idea of like the fact that I think Tyler's screening for Jimmy is something that's going to be unlocked a little bit more because the fact that two guys, if he's sprinting off and slipping off a Jimmy screen more often than not, they're going to fly at Tyler and Jimmy just has an open lane opening up. So there's these different dynamics. And then the last one is Victor Oladipo who didn't play tonight, but looked very good next to Tyler in that last game. So you're seeing like all the primary guys just looking better and better when they're playing next to Tyler. And a lot of this, has to do with the fact that he's more on the ball off the ball and not always on the ball the entire game. And a lot of this has to do with because we couldn't really have this discussion early in the game early in the season because he wasn't shooting very well off the catch, like he was kind of inefficient. This happening kind of changes that, but this dynamic changes their offense a lot because there's also the the thing where if they can get one of their shooters not named Tyler Hero to just play at a decent level, like That changes the idea of this offense, but Tyler stepping into that role when they literally don't have another shooter like is Haywood Highsmith the best spot up shooter in this game tonight other than Tyler like I really that could have been that probably was the fact like probably was the case so that's pretty interesting dynamic they need Tyler to be that guy. Uh,
1: But I think the intriguing thing is his off ball movement and the ability to play next to their best players. All right, when we come back, um, we're going to take comments as we go. Manny Chan, our producer, is going to be putting some of these up. Super Chats, we obviously put those up right away. Uh, But what I want to get into, a couple things we go forward, is some of the rotation decisions that Spolsher made today, even with a limited deck to work with, I thought were interesting. Uh, But also, we want to get big picture here. They're 500, okay? Everything that's happened so far this season, They are 500, and the Eastern Conference, at least beyond its first two. And by the way, one of the first two got blitzed tonight in Memphis. Okay, so as badly as the Heat looked uh, there a couple about a week ago, Milwaukee looked worse. Uh, But Miami is still in the mix here and leading their damn division, which it's like it's unbelievable. No matter what they do, they lead the Southeast. That's the way it always goes. But we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. Do you want to mention Prize Picks? I'm a little bitter about Prize Picks right now because Jimmy blew my uh, my foreplay here. Uh, tonight because I, I hit on brock purdy i hit on was mixing everything up tonight i hit i got uh, uh what do you call it jabari smith i hit at the last second uh and jimmy went under his points because uh, of the two missed free throws and deciding not to shoot at the end but i still encourage you use the code five five get your initial deposit match up to hundred dollars at prize picks we're running a tournament starting tomorrow uh on prize picks our six rings canes guys are running it where basically what you got to do is sign up using the code five and start. Uh, you can play anything, but we encourage you to play some of the bowl games as they go forward here until the beginning of January. Uh, and if you take a, a picture, screenshot of your balance now, and then your balance at the end of it, in addition to the bonuses you get from Prize Mix, we're going to be giving you cash and other merchandise prizes uh, for the top three winners of our bowl contest. So we'll be advertising that in advance. I think the Bahama Bowl is, is the uh, is the first bowl on Friday. So make sure that you check that out. Again, use that code five F I V E. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Wilson,
2: you sent the
0: game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
3: When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
0: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: Uh, which I thought were interesting, Alex. Um, he starts Haslam, just gets some stability at the beginning of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then heavy minutes, I think he played Orlando Robinson for 16 straight minutes at one point. He did not play Jovich. Now, Jovich has been on the injury report, but he was not listed as out uh, like so many other guys were. Do you think there's any chance Orlando Robinson could be the backup center by the end of this year? Say if they traded Dwayne Dedman, that a little bit of this is prepping for that? And yeah. and and York doesn't come back, which is that's the other the, thing.
2: That's exactly the other factor right there, is Omer and his whole situation, him going, you know, he's having surgery and how he looks when he theoretically comes back, which could be much, much later in the season. Like, it seems like Orlando Robinson is in a position to take some of these minutes, whether or not Dedman is traded. Like, and I'm not, I don't, you know, anticipate that happening if he isn't traded right. But, like, I think his play so far has um, earned him staying around, you know, them keep keeping him around in general, you know, and he'll probably end up going back to, to Sioux Falls at some point. But uh, I think he's earned that. I think they have needed another guy there who, who you can play because – and, look, I'm happy that UD is getting more playing time when, you know, in his last season. It's cool to see because I really did not see that coming. And but I do find myself being like, well, how long are you going to keep him in the games, Bo? <laughs> especially in these stints? Like, especially, you know, he's doing kind of I feel the like the Myers thing. We've talked about that. Right. Where he he since he's starting, he will play him for like six, seven minutes in a row, take him take him out and then uh, bring him back in the second half. Same thing. But it's just like, man, those that time really drags out there. And he's trying rotating, you know, but. like the rotation is everywhere right now uh it doesn't seem like gilbert is going to be anywhere in line for this but yeah i liked what i've seen from orlando robinson man like i just think he does everything you want to see from a five and he thinks he's a shooter i don't know if he is right it seems like every five the heat have thinks they're a shooter except bam which is hilarious but
0: (laughs) he's open for a reason and he just pulls that thing every time
2: but he definitely, like, get, just rolls to the rim and is around the rim, I think, a little bit more often than Deadman, which is what you want to see, right? Like, I I think he, he's younger, more athletic, and it's not going to happen soon, but it, it could happen by the end of the season. Him just being a third-string guy is it, – it could use it.
1: But the other guy who's been getting time because of people being out is Duncan Robinson, Brady. By the way, they also got out-rebounded by 10, speaking of the size stuff. Right. Well, they're always going to get a rebound uh, but, but, but Brady, the, the thing is uh, when you look at Duncan, um, it, you know, it felt like after the last game, okay, here's an opportunity for him to have an extended run here where he kind of shoots his way back into Spolscher's good graces, but it didn't happen tonight. Um, and there is an opportunity because Max is still struggling. I mean, the one time Max got to the basket, but other than that, I mean, he just, he's, he's short still on a lot of threes. It looks like he's not getting exactly the same looks as he got before, but Duncan hasn't really done enough to jump him, right? That That's kind of the issue.
0: No, it's... I think actually tonight was a pretty important game in, in that kind of realm because Duncan having at least a decent game would push him in the right direction, at least be getting consistently into the back end of the rotation where now it's like, even with all these guys out, there's still a level of inconsistency and the shot, I guess toughness is just not the same as it was. Like a lot of his shots, almost every one of them is Jimmy kicking it out and and Duncan having like a second to breathe and then firing and it's still short. And it's like, he just cannot find that rhythm in general. And it's a conversation we had all of last season. So, but the funny thing is Max in the same type of, like you said, like he's in the same thing where they were both two of 11 from three tonight. Uh, They were both one for eight, at the end of the third, like their stats were exactly the same. The difference is you're getting a little bit more, uh, a bit, of, a little bit more passing from Max. He had five assists tonight. Uh, you're getting a little bit more rebounding. You're getting a little bit better defense. Uh, so, like, there's little dynamics here. And I think, honestly, believe there's a little bit more trust in Max figuring out the Duncan. Like, th- that's just the way they are right now. Like, Max is just short. And it's just, I really do believe it's just like a shooter's thing where they go through these realms. But it doesn't mean that it's not a problem. Like, this has been a now a couple of weeks. So, like, this is something you have to look at. Because the Heat need a shooter. The way their offense is run is based on movement and a shooter creating that. So they need somebody to be that guy. Uh, but the Duncan Robinson thing, is just making it tougher and tougher for him to kind of climb that ladder. So uh, I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic. Like, it really is. Because it feels like this was like a, if he was on the roster, I said, uh, in the offseason, he would get opportunity. But I didn't think he would would kind of continually have nights like this. Like, I thought he would kind of cherish them and they'd run different stuff for him. But that just hasn't been the case. So they just kind of have to ride it out with Max. But And it was funny. I I mentioned it in our chat before. But, like, there was that play with, like, Jimmy where where Duncan is supposed to, like, fly off a screen the other way. And he's throwing it over the top. And Duncan looks like he's running into a handoff. And Jimmy throws it out of bounds. And Jimmy's face on that play was, like... Mm Like, he's the guy that's getting all the blame. <laughs> like, he's the guy that's absolutely getting the blame because uh, you could just tell the face. And then you see a little bit later on, like, the interaction with Duncan compared to Max. And I'm not saying a personality thing. Like, that's not where I'm at with this. But then Max gets a technical and you see Jimmy just, like, laughing and, and yelling at Max, like, Max, calm down. Like, it's like the dynamic between the two of them is so different where it's like the, you, that's just where the trust levels are right now.
1: Well, I, I think that's a little bit chicken to the egg, and that's that's been the case since the beginning. I, I think part of it is Max Dinner and uh, Jimmy's trust because he's more similar personality to Jimmy. But now I, it, now I think it's now I think it's self fulfilling because now at this point I I really think in some ways Jimmy broke Duncan. I, I just <laughs> I, I I do I. Someone's that,
3: gonna clip that.
1: Well, I, I hope not. But he I'll just Bulnick
3: reports Jimmy but but, but, but when we saw Duncan it, Robinson.
1: But when we saw we saw that clip of him, I mean, Jimmy can't control himself when Duncan does something that disappoints him, right? No, like he just can't. A funny
2: zoom in. That that was amazing. I mean, his
1: initial reaction is like, okay, and I didn't even need to look at who it was, who he was blaming in that situation. You just knew intuitively if if you know that that's what it was so i i just think it's going to be hard for dunk because i really did think the last two games duncan had a real opportunity he made the most of it against okc but not so much tonight i, I do want to uh we will get into big picture here in a second into more of the comments do you want to mention another sponsor it's odm performance solutions odmpsi.com this is a consulting company based down here in South Florida. If you need any, any kind of assistance for your company, okay, they do management consulting, sales optimization, social media management is so important these days. Uh, they can find just about any type of person you need or any type of service you need to benefit your company. So reach out to them, odmpsi.com. That's odmpsi.com or ODM Performance Solutions. And here, here's one performance uh, solution here Greg and and we'll, we'll get into a, a couple of these but as we look again at the rotation going forward mm-hmm. uh, we have talked about uh, the staggering and I did think it was interesting tonight again that Spolcher made sure he had either Tyler or Jimmy out there with the other groups like he he yeah. split them up enough to make sure that happened even though they did get their time together I, I feel like this is we've talked about you, you can't have these groups that are just like totally directionless when nobody leading, they didn't have a true point guard tonight. So if you had left some groups out there to fend for themselves without Tyler or Jimmy, you had no chance.
3: Uh, It's good to see that he's recognizing that. Totally. And like, they got to lean into their best players. Right. And this also is more about um, in a game where Bam is out, then you really need Tyler and Jimmy to lead the way. Uh, And Kyle obviously was out as well, but this, ultimately from a scoring perspective has always leaned Jimmy and Tyler. Uh, Bam was the guy who, if he took that scoring leap, it obviously uh, the trajectory of the team changes even more, but I thought we, we always came into this year feeling like Tyler could be the leading scorer of the team or Jimmy Butler is the best scorer on the team because he's Jimmy Butler. Um, so I like to see Tyler have these nights. I think it's huge growth for him. I, um, And it'll be interesting to see how they close this out now in San Antonio over there. And it's in Mexico city. City. Um, So we'll, we'll see how that is. Um, I am interested also to see if maybe we get the entire team playing in that game. I have a feeling maybe we will. Um, And uh, so that'll be interesting to
1: watch too. Yeah. The NBA encourages uh, their member teams to play their core guys in yeah. these places they're trying to expand to. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me. I actually covered uh, an NFL preseason game in Mexico city in 1997 and Zach Thomas got hurt. That's, that's how long I've been doing this. So uh, 25 years ago, there's still the NFL and NBA still trying to build things out in Mexico city. All right, I don't want to go too in depth on this because I want to save most of this for tomorrow, but they're 15 and 15. Okay. Um, I don't think any of us projected that as the record before the season. I don't think they projected that as the record before the season. But it does feel to me, and the last time they got to 500, it felt to me like, okay, now we're okay, right? We've got 52 games left on the season. The East hasn't run away from us. We're getting our best players uh, healthy. Our best players, Bam and Tyler in particular, and also Jimmy, are playing at a very high level right now, at least individually. We need to figure out a way to put the whole thing together. So I'll, I'll let you close on this, Greg. I mean, it, it ain't great, okay? It's not what the Heat would expect. But as I've said before, they won a championship in a season that I think they started 19 and 20 or 20 and 19, which was the 2006 season. They got to the finals in a the year they started 9 and 8. Uh, they got back to 500 after starting 11 and 30 one year, they were two games over 500 in 2015, 16. And that team was within a game of the Eastern conference finals. So they've recovered from worse than this. Right. Easily. But if, but right. But it feels like the heat fans won't be satisfied until the whole damn things blown up. So, so what do they have to do, I guess, to win trust here? Because look, look, None of these three wins have been pretty. I mean, they, they've won no. three games on this, on this, but the Indiana game, the OKC game, and tonight, these all should have been bigger wins than they were, okay? Yeah. So they they're not won those solved, games. But, that, but it's better.
3: It, it is better, and I guess I would say this, is that um, nobody is saying that all, all the problems are fixed, but when you start to just peck away at this Eastern Conference standings, and all of a sudden, you're two, three games out of the same, you know, and well, everyone, when you're looking at the standings, pro tip, just watch the loss column, the win column will sort itself out, always watch how many losses you're behind. And right now, there are three losses behind the four seed, like you can make that up really quickly. Uh, the East is volatile there could be teams that make trades that all of a sudden are no longer in that mix because they decide to go elsewhere. So I would say this, they've won now um, three consecutive road games. That is a positive. Uh, we're seeing Tyler play better. Hopefully that, um, you know, this is a situation where they're, they're going to be in position, I think to um, dangle the 2023 pick lottery protected and see what kind of upgrades they can make. I think lottery protection will be key there, but uh, I do think that that pick will hold extreme value. I've heard that they are not really, haven't been open-minded to the idea of surrendering picks, um, particularly, but to your point, if you're only a few games out of a home court seat in the first round of the playoffs, this team is conditioned to go for it. So I would say then, Uh, that will make for maybe some fireworks around the deadline. And that's good for all of us, isn't it? Well, I hope so. Uh, Let's get to some of the comments here. Uh, Tyler better is better than
1: justice better. Um, I I don't know that we ever came up with that. Well, Alex is not going to approve that because he's still on the justice bandwagon. Uh, Jay, Jimmy refused to let hero break the heat record. (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, Also, Spo was trolling with UD. No, he had to play UD tonight. There really wasn't any other option did he have to um, start him though i mean i think i think his plan was to get orlando robinson those extended minutes but but you know not at the start yeah. by the way which official was ud going at it with because it felt uh, I mean, he always goes at, which one i think his name brian forte oh yeah he has a long history there okay that makes sense uh, i
0: knew spo was trolling when when ud's like yelling at the ref and he's just smiling like and just laughing for 20 seconds like that was when you knew he was trolling tonight by starting him so
1: I will still never understand why Eric Spoelstra played Ud only three minutes the entire season two seasons ago. Still doesn't make any sense to me. It was the greatest three minutes of that entire season uh, with what he did to Dwight Howard, but that still doesn't make sense. Uh, this one comes in from Mark. Does this roster give you any hope they can bounce back without any trades? They're incomplete. They, they're they're bounce back. They're a playoff team, okay, as constituted if they're reasonably healthy. Are they getting out of the second round? No. That's that's how that's oh, what first. I'm well the first depends on opponent maybe iffy. Um here we go let's a couple more here I'll just get to real quick. Uh Duncan has the yips. It seems like it does Duncan have a better time with tougher shots or is it just me? You know, it, we should actually close with that because when you got you're talking about he's not getting the same looks. I think it was you Brady you said that or that they're, they're better looks. Sometimes that's not such a good thing for him.
0: Mm, yeah, it's true. I mean, he's not used to it I guess, but it's still it's like a shooter's a shooter. So it doesn't like He's not in a great spot. Like, I'll start by saying that. Like, mm-hmm. this is probably the hardest role in basketball to be in that 10-11 range in the rotation, and then all of a sudden you're thrown in the mix, and you get six minutes here or six minutes there, and you have to find a way to shoot the ball. So he's not in a great realm in general. Uh, and I know they were they were talking about a stat, and I'm, I'm changing the subject really quickly, but I know that stat was put out about, like, there's two players uh, to have, like, 35-plus in consecutive games, and it's Tyler Hero and LeBron. Dwayne never had thirty five plus in consecutive games.
1: I know. I think it was. I think it was. He's the last since yeah. LeBron, right? Oh,
0: okay. That's what it was. Okay. Know, because, I was. I was. Because,
1: because literally the entire two thousand eight, two thousand
2: nine season, Dwayne was going for thirty five in consecutive. games. It made games. me laugh yeah. when, when they and said the that fine. It made me think of Jimmy and how he he just never has like big scoring games back to back like that. He takes. You the, know what the made me think off. of Dion.
1: Dion never did that that season.
2: Yeah, during thirteen and eleven. Oh man. No, uh, it was him and James Johnson going back and forth, looking like superstars. That that, that never happened. happened. Uh, and, and here's the other thing. I'll, oh no, it Brady, happened. We're never Brady,
1: letting that die. That was incredible, Brady. The other thing that that you said today about uh, about Duncan and the salt, this, he's just got to be James Jones, man. I said this on the podcast on the podcast the other day. Like you know, you step in and you make all those shots, and maybe someday he'll be he'll be GM of the Phoenix Suns or something like that. But right now, it, it doesn't look like he can carve out. Uh, a consistent role here all right thanks everybody for listening today thanks to our sponsors odmpsi.com a insurance go to insurancebylinette.com Prize picks use that code five and join our contest tomorrow again we're going to be giving away money at the end of this thing uh so if you make money you'll make more money with us so check it out um check out the five reasons twitter handle in the morning and we'll get all the details out to you again have a good night everybody
3: thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reasons sports network